Hey everybody, welcome to a very special episode 30 of Internal Budget. Brandon Mackey here as always, staff writer for Silver 7 Sens, and the guy who has hosted this podcast for 30 weeks straight. Man, where has the time gone? Even in this crazy messed up year, uh, time has flown by in a sense, and I want to thank all of you for sticking with the podcast through high and low. Uh, for 30 weeks. I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to what the future continues to bring. Now, we'll get right into it. This week's episode is a very special one. Brandon Plant, Sends Talk, friend of the show. He and I did a special live stream for his YouTube channel where we watched phase two of the 2020 NHL draft lottery in real time, gave our instant reactions to it, uh, our takes on who we hoped would win, who we thought should win, and a few minutes of us dunking on the Toronto Maple Leafs, because what would an Ottawa Senators podcast be without that? So without further ado, here's episode 30 with myself and Brandon Plant watching the 2020 NHL Draft Lottery, the Alexi Lafreniere sweepstakes. Here we go. So Brandon, here we are, phase two. Here we are. NHL draft lottery. How are we feeling? Well, you know, I think like every Sense fan, I'm kind of mixed on it. I wanted Alexi Lafreniere to end up in Ottawa. I'm annoyed that he's going to a team that had a chance to compete for a Stanley Cup. That's stupid beyond belief. But at the end of the day, there's gonna there's there's a few teams in this lottery that I think are deserving of getting him, and a few that we know aren't deserving of getting him yes (laughs) but but either way it's going to be fun I'm excited uh I think you kind of have to in this insane year 2020 learn to appreciate the chaos a bit embrace the chaos if you will you're the Uh, chaos so yeah so I think that's where we're at right now we just kind of have to roll with the punches and we just have to figure out a way to enjoy this insane year and what would be more insane than Alexi Lafreniere going to one of these teams, right? Uh, we'll, we'll get into details there, but th- that's kind of where I'm at on it. How are you feeling, brother, on this well, uh, Sense Talk meets internal budget meets YouTube seven shenanigans, YouTube, best of seven, silver seven cents, everything under the sun. But yeah, man, how, how, what are your thoughts on it? Well, honestly, knowing the NHL, the way the NHL runs and the way it doesn't run, you know, it's very, uh, very complicated the way they run. I'm not shocked at how messed up and confusing this whole process is. I believe yeah. Ian Mendez before this all started mentioned that the teams that are in the plan, which by the way, were technically playoff games should not have a shot at first overall. There should have been a separate lottery for the first overall pick on top of that. Absolutely. I was listening to Ray Ferraro, uh, an old dog on the drive or something uh, a couple days ago. And Ray mm-hmm. Ferraro completely said it perfectly. He said that this lottery should not have taken place until after the plans. And I don't, I still don't understand why this is happening. This happened before the plans. 
Now I'm happy Ottawa got three and five. It's not the worst case scenario. We're getting one of Byfield or Stutzler or Drysdale or Raymond, yeah. et cetera. So Ottawa's in a good spot here. But like, look at Detroit. They got screwed. So if Pittsburgh, Edmonton, these teams, or God forbid, Toronto, get that first overall pick, as as a sense fan, it you know it's gonna suck, and you're gonna see that in the reaction. Yeah. But it's not like a Detroit. I'm not. It's not like I'm a Detroit Red Wings fan. At least I have two top five picks. You have the fourth mm-hmm. overall pick and had one of the worst years in NHL history. Yeah, we, we talked about it the night that the lottery happened, too. Yes. And we were talking about how we were both feeling pretty good about it only because Ottawa had the two picks. And we got to remember, from for the perspective of Ottawa Senators fans, it was their, it was their pick that dropped to fifth. It was the Ottawa pick that dropped all the way Classic from Ottawa. fifth. Classic, Classic Ottawa. Ottawa. The most the most Senators thing to ever happen. So, thank God, thank God, Pierre Dorian got that San Jose pick in the Eric Carlson trade. I'm not quite ready to say thank God he traded Eric Carlson yet. I think the no. jury's still out on that. But, but man, that pick is a lifesaver. That's the difference between two, one, uh, one really good player and probably two elite players. Can At least talk, one elite player. Can we talk about the fact that Ottawa not only got a top five pick in that trade, which, by the way, I miss Carlson to death, but it's looking much better than it did at the time. But I, what I will say is, on top of getting a top five pick, a top three pick in that trade, Ottawa also got Josh Norris, a potential top line center for the Senators if they don't draft Byfield. Rudolph Ballsters, mm-hmm. not a bad co- a player, definitely a top nine prospect in my opinion, like a top nine forward in the future in the NHL. And then they got Turney, who can probably return some assets or as a solid veteran presence as a young guy with the with the even younger guys. That trade, you know, let's give we give Pierre Dorian a good amount of flack, deservingly so, right? But at the same time, Eugene uh, Melnick has Pierre Dorian's hands like tied together. He has no card to play. So with the limited amount of cards he can play, Dorian, for a lot of trades he's made, has come out on the better side of them, and I think that shows. I think that shows how good he is as a scout because of his experience in scouting. I think that's what it stems to. That's why, unlike the 2012-2011 rebuild, this rebuild I have hope for. Now I know we're all going to question, is Melnick going to, you know, pay these players? Mm -hmm. Let's not get into that right now. But I think I have trust in this rebuild because Pierre Dorian, in my opinion, is the right guy to lead the rebuild because he knows prospects. Yeah, he's definitely the right guy to put it together. Uh, I I don't think there are many GMs – in the NHL with Pierre Dorian's level of prospect expertise. And we've seen that already. How many of us were pissed off that the Sens took Brady Kachuk? How many were annoyed that they passed on Kaliev and took Shane Pinto, right? Lassie yeah. Thompson, all of them, all of whom, and you know, granted, they granted none, uh, only one of them has really established themselves as an NHL player as of now. Yeah. But from the way things are looking right now, the Senators are kind of sitting pretty from a prospect perspective. I am uh, so so. I agree. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely the right guy to take them at least into the beginning stages of this rebuild. Now, when the Sens are ready to contend and they need to make assets for like you know trade for guys at a deadline that are going to help them on a playoff push, maybe Dorian's that guy. Maybe he isn't, but. For now, I think the Sens are in a great spot. Well, I think we'll cross that bridge when the time comes, you know. I think right now, especially with so much uncertainty around 
this season around this off season. Like right now, the Sens aren't going to be playing until December, mm-hmm. and their draft is going to be in October. We don't we don't even know what jersey they're, they're going to wear. Are they going to wear this one? We don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, but the Senators. I think we know. <laughs> I think we know, but I don't believe anything the Senators of oh, Alex Lafreniere is on the screen. I don't believe anything the Senators put out there. Uh, like rumors until it happens. Just as me being a Sens fan because I'm adjusted to hurts. I'm adjusted to the pain. So until I see the Sanders Twitter account, rest in peace, Craig McDaglia, I miss him so much. That Twitter mm-hmm. account is so bad without him. But, you know, I think until they release that jersey, I'm, I'm bracing for impact. I want to see it. I want to see it now. I don't know why they're taking so long. I assume they're waiting till the draft, but that's in October. And we're on August 10th right now, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the thing, too. Hold on, I'm going to lower my chair a little bit here. Ah, there we go. No, I look short. But, uh, but yeah, um, I, th- I think for me, what it's going to come down to uh, for the Sens, like to, to deem this whole kind of thing as a success is the, a lot of it's going to be name recognition for the guys that they pick. Yes. Right. Um, you know, is the potential there for them to pass on a Stutzel or Byfield? It would not surprise me. Uh, knowing, knowing Pierre Dorian, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But I think from the, from a fan perspective, if they do that, if they do go that route, then that, uh, then the 2D jerseys are going to be somewhat of an assurance, right? Like, you're going to see probably these guys that they pick on draft day or at least shortly thereafter in that, you know, black 2D or the white 2D or maybe the red alternate that's been rumored. Um, so I, th- I think a lot of it is just going to be getting back to a place of confidence with the fans. And a lot of that is just perception, right? It's not necessarily the on ice product that'll come, but a lot of it is how they're going to view, uh, how they're going to view the rebuild. And I think, you know, what you mentioned Ian earlier, when I had him on my show, we talked about the 2D jerseys and he said the Sens need to go back to that because that's, you know, a, a time of legitimacy, a time where, you know, the Sens were a contending team and that's going to help a lot. Yeah. And I see Alexi Lafreniere's handsome mug on the screen right, screen yeah, right now. Too. Are you at the same part or am I behind? What do you see right now on the screen? I, I just see him sitting there with his Gatorade bottles in the background. You're about a couple minutes behind. And now... Okay. Okay, now I got the zoom, the zoom blocks with all the GMs and everything. Oh, oh yeah, I think right I'm speeding up now. I'm on the Sportsnet one, so I see Sean. Bur- wow, Chris Cosentino, Cos- that's his name, right? Sam Cosentino. Sam Cosentino, sorry, he's got the handlebar. I, I respect it. I don't like it, yeah, but yeah. I respect it. All right, so I'm what behind else? you. I'm right behind you now. <laughs> okay, so I'm not gonna. I'll try not to ruin it for you. Um, yeah, five second delay. Wow, that is. That is a heck of a facial hair decision by Sam there. Hey, goodness. Him and Elliot, it's it's definitely a colorful <laughs> it's definitely true. a colorful panel there with the beards and stuff. Now I was thinking we should go through the rosters to sort of decide what's the best case scenario and this worst case scenario. You know what I mean? Let's do it. So let's yeah. start. So let me I, share screen this. Where do you want to start with? Who do you want to start with? Well, I want to talk about the Winnipeg Jets because I think they are, to me, the kind of sleeper team 
that people want them to go to. Right, right now, especially in Sens Nation, everybody is pushing for the Minnesota Wild. They, they want Alexi Lafreniere out of the Eastern Conference uh, to a good hockey market like Minnesota. Uh, and, but for me, I, I really want to see him go to Winnipeg. Uh, it is a Western Conference team, but it's a really great Canadian market. They have a fantastic fan base like the whiteout in the playoffs every year has been mm-hmm. just so much fun to watch especially when they made their run of the conference final a couple of years ago I, you know that's a team like think, think about that forward core you got mark shifley you got patrick line uh guys like cop and lowry you've got a talented group of forwards there now add alexi lafreniere to that mix add a real game-breaking forward to that group and I think that's going to be something special it's going to be fun to watch and as I said on Twitter earlier today that fan base deserves it man like not not that they've had to go through too much insanity over the last few years but it would be such a win for them after finally getting their team back uh, to, to, to land an Alexi Lafreniere in a year where um, I think their playoff performance ended up being disappointing well let's that's, let's, that's let's, all roses for me just take a look at this team I just I sorted it to top points from the regular season they got a mm-hmm. lot of elite players. You know, you got Shifley, you got Connor, Wheeler, Line, Ehlers. And that's just not that's not even naming guys like Andrew Koch, who I think haven't hit their ceiling yet at such a young age. Like, he's 20 oh, – he's like 25. That's still young. He's, I think he has a lot more to prove, and I like, I like his abilities. Now, I think you look at that top five, Shifley, Connor, Wheeler, Line, Ehlers. Now, you add Lefrenier next to that. Now, where would you put Lefrenier on that? Would he be with Connor? Would he be with Wheeler, Shifley? Who would he be with? I think I think at year one, the very lowest he's going to be is uh, between Kyle Connor and Blake Wheeler. Uh, you know, the, you know, will he hit his stride immediately out of the gate? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, we've seen guys do it. Uh, Crosby came out of the gate pretty hot in his draft. Yes. Uh, but but we'll see. I, I think eventually he's probably going to be a better forward than anyone on that team. Yeah. Uh, and and that's not knocking anyone on the Jets like Shifley and Connor and Wheeler. They're all incredibly talented players line a two had a bit of a resurgent year after he yes. kind of struggled last year uh but for me you add lafreniere to that mix not only is he going to be at the very top but he's going to make the rest of that crew better as well he's going to make line better he's going to make shifley better uh you know really talented players elevate their line mates that's the kind of player alexi lafreniere is so the Winnipeg, so I think he's going to be near the, the top of their forward core, but everyone is going to take a step up if the Jets get friendlier. I think what's important to look at for Winnipeg itself is the age of majority of their mm-hmm. players on the team. A lot of them are under 25, and I think that's not common for hockey teams, especially in the National Hockey League. Now, mm-hmm. if you put a team uh, like Winnipeg and you pair him with Alexis Lafreniere, what that age, what the, what that age shows to me is they have a youth movement, and we all agree on that. The youth movement is key. Now Edmonton already has Drysaddle, it already has McDavid. Now, as a hockey fan, where I love to see Lafreniere in Edmonton, we'll get to that in a second. I'll say this: it'll be incredible to watch. It'll be incredible hockey. But I think on a team standpoint, a team that's competitive, a market that we all we all can like. I don't I don't I don't see anyone that really dislikes Winnipeg. They're not a dirty team. They're a high-skilled team. They're a likable team. You know, Hellebuck's a great play, great goalie. Uh, Dylan DeMello, Effin Wright's mellow. You know, that, that guy's a stud. Uh, Shifley is probably one of the most underrated centers in the league. I think Lefrenier, especially as a Canadian player, you know, being raised in such uh, – I, I believe he was raised in a smaller town. Going to Winnipeg, which is definitely a city. It's definitely a bigger city, but 
it has the feeling of a smaller town, if that makes sense, where he's not going to be in Toronto, where he's going to face the media every day. It's not going to ruin his career. It's not going to, he's not going to be pressured to talk to the media like Kessel was in Toronto. It's a good fit where it's a good balance of crazy hockeyness, but also mm-hmm. respectfulness where he's going to have space to breathe. The media is not going to be down his throat. And I think with the, the youth that they have on top of this, the actual location itself, I think Winnipeg would be great. Yeah. Yeah, if you're Alexi Lafreniere, all eyes are going to be on you. Just you know, like that—that's just going to be a fact of, of your career. Uh, but I, but I agree. I think Winnipeg would be a great market for him in that sense, and the Minnesota Wild, I think, would also be a great market in that sense because it is a fan base that absolutely loves their hockey. It's basically another Canadian team, Minnesota. They love you know, they uh. They call it the state of hockey for a reason. They're nuts about their hockey in Minnesota. And we were chatting about this before we went live. The Wild have never had that true elite-level game-breaker. They've had guys close to it. They've had Marion Gabrick. They've had Danny Heatley, guys like Zach Parise. But they've never had a player who has had the intention of the entire league on them. You know, they've never had that bona fide Hall of Fame type player, as we see Gary Bettman come on screen right now. Right, here we go. I'm just going to a bit. But, yeah, yeah. But for me, uh, for me, I think that would be great for that market, especially because it's one that's kind of been directionless. Yeah. Uh, and I think they need to embrace a full-scale top to bottom rebuild like look at the guys on screen here like like it's you've like, got Kunin and you've got Erickson Eck these guys are talented players right I, yeah, I, I know a lot got made of the yeah Fiala too I know a lot got made of the Erickson Eck pick at the time but he's a good foundational guy to have on a competitive team mm-hmm. uh, so for me I think what they need to do is they need to embrace uh, you embrace how easy Alexi Lafreniere would make a rebuild yeah uh, that that's how I see it I so, think, yeah. I think he would be good for them in that sense. I think Alexis Lafreniere would restore hope to Minnesota. Minnesota, uh, we were just speaking about this actually. Again, we were speaking about this before the stream even started where Urinating Tree made an incredible video. A friend of the show, Urinating Tree, made an incredible video de- depicting, dissecting, pardon me, uh, Ryan Suter and Zach Brise's contracts with Minnesota when, he's, when they signed there in 2012 for the 10-year deals. Mm-hmm. What, it, what he said was that – put minnesota into mediocrity for the foreseeable future and clearly it has that that series against vancouver is exactly it they have a solid defensive core just we'll look at it right now spurgeon brodeen matt dumba they're not terrible that's matt dumba especially they're a really really good core defensively but you look at that offense zuccarello like they have a bunch of guys that are mediocre they're good enough to probably get you into the playoffs but not good enough to get you over the second round. They've never been able to really get past that second round. Can you re- can you, Do you remember a time where Minnesota surprised everyone and went to the conference finals, went to the Stanley Cup, did anything? Because they're the most – they're like the, – they're, they're the forgotten middle child of the National Hockey League where, yes, they're – everyone – no one hates them. No. You know, no one dislikes them, but they're forgotten and they're treated as such. They're just – they're just there. They're always just there, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, we've, uh, and we've talked about this too, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's like we were chatting about before. You know, Kevin Fiala is a really nice player. Yeah. Is he a top-line winger on a 
Stanley Cup winning team? I don't think so. Top Not six, yet. Anyway. Maybe. Top six for sure, I think. I think he's definitely a second-line guy on a, on a truly competitive team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Stahl, a guy who's up in the upper end of his career, probably shouldn't be on your top line, no. you know, on, at this point in his career. Marcus Foligno, uh, I love Marcus Foligno. The, I'm from Sudbury. The Felinos are from Sudbury. They're fantastic people. Cannot say enough about them. They're great people. They're great in the community. But, you know, not a guy who's going to be driving play on a competitive team. And are we getting a look at the lottery balls here? Yeah. I got Edmonton on the screen right now. So what yeah. I'm going to do is I'm going to say one thing. Just about Matt Dumba. I wanted mm-hmm. to speak about this very quickly. And I hope you don't mind because – Matt Dumba did something incredible where he stood up for what is right. He he stood up for what is right. He stood up for what was needed to be done in the National Hockey League where no one was kneeling, where no one was, you know, saying what needed to be said. No one was defending and championing equality. And all his teammates were cowards. I'm just going to be very blunt with you. His teammates were cowards. Now, I understand – the stigmatization around it where a lot of players don't want to be caught in that. But at the same time, they did say they didn't want, they didn't want to kneel. So maybe don't even need, you don't need the kneel, but at least show some support for your teammate. You guys are brothers. That's the team, you're brothers. And I thought it was just rude. Like if I was on a team, I would be there with my brother and I would support him any way he needs because that's my brother. And I don't care what other people think. I look at this team, all these players are well-established. Now, I'm not saying these players itself. Maybe it's an organizational thing. Maybe it's a management thing. I don't know. But I wanted to touch up on that because I applaud Matt Dumba for being one of the lone people in the National Hockey League for speaking out. And I think it's unfortunate that his teammates didn't follow suit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I would go as far as, as to say they're cowards just because I don't know the inner workings of that locker room and I don't know, you know, how they think, how they think as people, the way I see it is this, I don't want to tell anyone how to be an activist because no one's obligated to be an activist. Uh, I I can probably say that I, I, I probably would kneel in that situation. Again, that's easy for me to say sitting in my, you know, in front of my desk in Toronto. But, uh, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of it is going to come down to learning. I think yes. the NHL is a little bit behind the learning curve that the NFL went through when the Colin Kaepernick situation kind of first came about. So I think, that, I think that's what it comes down to. I, I think they just have to learn. And I think the learning is going to continue. And, and, that's, and that's how I see this shaken down. Like, I think if we're going to get to a place where you are going to see more support it is going to take time, yeah. but these guys, they just, they have to learn what this movement's about. Uh, so I think that's what it comes down to. Would I have liked to see more support for Matt Dumba? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, I, I think we do kind of have to be patient and maybe that, you know, maybe patient isn't the appropriate word, but, but I think, I just think it's going to take time. That, that's how I feel. I think at the end of the day, like, I think that's the thing I want to stress to people is that it's coming. You know, this is something guys kneeling, especially white players kneeling. That's something that would have been unfathomable, unfathomable, unfathomable five years ago. Right. So, so that's where we're at. I think, I think we've made progress. Progress is going to continue to be made. Maybe not as fast as people like, but 
progress is coming. Are they juggling the balls now? They are. I just want to touch up on, I completely agree. I want to rephrase what I said. I don't want to tell anyone how to stand up for what's right. What I was trying to say though, was I just find it by coward. I mean, it's just, in my opinion, as a teammate, you're supposed to support your teammate. Well, and support. Yeah. That's what I, I meant. I, yeah. It makes that's sense for sure. For sure. Yeah. Ooh, I'm getting nervous. I didn't think I was going to be nervous. Okay. I got to turn off. They're probably going to cut to commercial before he pulls the ball out of the machine oh, yeah, too. Right. You got we got to do ads for Uber Eats, you know. Uber Eats. Oh, here we go. The I'm Rangers. way behind. The Rangers. You gotta be kidding me! Yes, yes. Oh my God! At least it wasn't Toronto. At least it wasn't Toronto. Oh God! Rangers. Wow. Mika, baby. Okay, hold on. I just realized I got Mika. Okay, okay. Mika with Artemi Panarin. That's dirty. That is dirty. Holy cow! Wow. I said it on Twitter today. I, I selfishly, as a hockey fan, I want to see the Rangers get him. Ryan Mead, all the guys from Blue Shirts Banter, I bet they're just flipping their lids right now. Oh, that is – and Igor Sesterkin and Net. Oh, my God. The Rangers are suddenly – if they can help – if they can build that that decor, are suddenly – I'll lower this – are suddenly – Holy hellfire. Holy – Wow. And you just gave Jeff Gordon, who for my money is the best GM in the league, Alexi Lafreniere. I'll say one thing. Unbelievable. Better than the Oilers and yes. better than the Leafs. But I'm really disappointed that Minnesota or – because we just spoke about it for like 20 minutes. Oh, my God. We're going we're gonna to get – by the way, everyone listening to this and everyone watching this specifically, we are going to get to the Rangers lineup in just a moment. Do not worry. We're going yeah. to dis dissect this, but – I just need. I to gotta. I, I gotta say, I have a soft spot for the New York Rangers, which, uh, which, which may come as a surprise to some Sens fans. Uh, the Rangers were my grandfather's team. He passed away a couple years ago, so I, I, I always have kind of had that soft spot in my heart for the Rangers. Uh, this is great. This is awesome. Uh, is it great for the Sens that they're gonna have to play Alexi Lafreniere? What is it? Twice a year? Twice. No, not phenomenal. Yeah, not phenomenal. Not phenomenal that they're probably going to face him in the playoffs. Yes, he's out of the division. And purely as a hockey fan, you we get to see Alexi Lafreniere play with Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panarin, Adam Fox. Adam Fox. And you got Shesterkin and Nett. That team is a problem. That team is a problem. Wow. The Rangers with all the money in the world, all right? That's a top-class organization with top-class prospects just got gifted the number one overall draft pick. They already got one of the best snipers in the game, Artemi Panarin. They already got one of the most underrated centers in the game, Mika Zibanejad. Probably one of the most underrated rookies in the game in Adam Fox. Probably the best goalie prospect in the league, Igor Shesterkin. And ladies and gentlemen, they just got themselves Alexi Lafreniere. They are legit, and looking at all these hairdos and beards on the screen is going to make me sidetrack for a sec, but wow. I was not expecting that. I was thinking they would have a whole 
big reveal, but then I just saw Reigns. Yeah. I was stunned. I'm like, wow. I figured I was, the balls were still going around in the machine when you saw it for me. Yeah, so I thought right. they were going to, I thought they were going to finish it. They were going to go to commercial and then you put your hands on your head. And I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> oh my oh, God. Look God. at this lineup. The top six is Panarin, Zabanajad, Buknevich, Kako, Strom, and Lafreniere. God, and it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. Oh my god! They have cap room. They have prospects. <laughs> Jesus! Holy crap, man! And good for Lafreniere. I I know good I said it would be good for him to be in a a low market place. Let's flip the script. He's in probably the highest market place after Toronto. But listen, they can't play uh, on Broadway, baby. Listen, there's no no place brighter than Broadway. Exactly. So this is the kid's gonna. Uh, I don't know this. I'm I'm at a loss of words. Wow. 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 I don't know. I don't know. I know we're on a recording right now. We're going to, this is going to go on to the internal budget and I'm trying to make this an interesting conversation, but I am, I'm at a loss of words. Like, no, me too. Like I didn't, I didn't even, like that, I didn't fathom the Rangers winning. I didn't. I did. I, 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 I know you did. It, yeah. Man. I don't, I don't know what it was. Like, I think my gut pick, uh, I think the Rangers were the dark horse for me. Uh, well, they picked two last year and one this year. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is insane, man. Holy cow. This is why I wanted to do the live stream because I, I didn't want the polished intellectual mm -hmm. conversation. I wanted the raw reaction. Raw, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I'm I'm a Can I'm we a talk? Oh my god. Can we talk about how funny this is for the Leafs? Can we? Can we please just get into that? <laughs> can we please. Not only, not only do they get shut out in Game Five. Not only do they pay John Tavares 11.5 million to hit the empty net. Not only do they pay Marner over $10 million to not score a single point, they also lost out on Alexi Lafreniere. Mwah! Hockey gods, you act in mysterious And ways. you know what else they lost out on? They don't have a first-round pick. <laughs> Their first goes to Carolina for Patrick Marlowe. They only had their first. They only had their first round pick if it was Lafreniere. It was lottery protected. Oh, Carolina! Hats off to you, Carolina. Wow. Good God. Carolina already. I think Carolina's going to be Boston. So not only, not only is Car I know that's a that's a gutsy call, but not only is Carolina nice with it right now, they now have a top fifteen pick, and the Leafs just got screwed. Back-to-back -back nights. I got to check Twitter right now. Holy cow. There's a oh, lot of conspiracy stuff going on. Uh, listen, the conspiracy, I would get if it was Edmonton or Pittsburgh. Like, Rangers, they could have not made the playoffs this year, so it does make sense. And they also did it live on TV, so give me a break. Like, it was yeah, live. Yeah, no. Like, no, this was not rigged. No. I, I don't want to hear that. No. Like, Definitely not. Definitely not. <sighs> wow, Twitter is, I can't keep up. Um, I can't keep up. Twitter's off side. People are happy. People are pissed. I'm this gonna have to. Pull, I'm gonna have to pull this whole clip and put it on YouTube or something. I don't know what I'm gonna have to do, but oh yeah, we're whole, gonna have to. Yeah, holy! I love this. I I love this. Like I, 
really thought I was going to hate the result, but I really like this. People don't understand too. Jeff Gordon, Jeff Gordon is the guy who are, who was the current, who was the architect of the Boston Bruins. Like he got them Marshawn, like, he he was he was the guy. He made the one trade. I think oh he made a big trade. I forget what it was called. Did he? I forget what it was. I think he might have made the Rask trade. I don't know. Oh, but uh, Raycroft. Yeah, not Raycroft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raycroft. But he, but that's that's pretty wild. Like so, and when and when they hired him, I was like, this team is going to be really good eventually. Now they've got Alexi Lafreniere. They're going to win the Stanley Cup within five years, at least. Whoa. Clip that. Clip that. Somebody clip that. Take it. Take it to the bank. For people I, I who there were, I, I listen. I know there were a fact. I know for a fact there were people who used my prediction uh, to win money when they picked when I picked the Arizona Coyotes over the Nashville Predators. Uh, so take that one to the bank too. Now here's my question. Yeah, I'm gonna write. And I'm, I'm not trying to. F- real quick. Hold on. Absolutely. All right. Got it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trying to fuel any conspiracy theory nonsense, but Ron at Father Fanaf just tweeted, "Where was this transparency the first lottery?" I'm wondering that too. Why didn't we get to see the balls drop on the first lottery? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. <laughs> now, I don't. I don't have my tinfoil hat, but I'll. I'll do this. Hold on. All right. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why conspiracy, Brandon. Here, I'll tell you why. This draft lottery and the last one were a little different. Was the last lottery rigged? I don't think so. Is it possible? Anything is possible. So Mm -hmm. in the realm of possibility, is it possible, Brandon, that the NHL not only did a huge cash grab by bringing back the league, not only did a huge cash grab by having Montreal and Chicago move on but on top of that have the first overall pick pushed to after the plans and then when the plans are done they give it to the biggest market in the national hockey league now i'm not saying i'm not saying that that's the case i'm just saying there are a lot of things here that are working out incredibly well for the nhl now let me take off this conspiracy hat um i don't think it's rigged um, but conspiracy, Brandon does have a point. I think. I think there is a legitimate uh, conversation to be had. Um, I think there are questions to be asked. Yes. Well, look at this order now: Edmonton to fourteen, Florida twelve, Nashville eleven, Winnipeg ten. Ooh, Winnipeg gets a top ten pick. Carolina Good for thir- them. Carolina thirteen with Toronto's pick too. Yeah, with Toronto's pick. Ooh, man! Imagine the type, the defenseman or the winger the Leafs could have got with that pick. Could we, they could have got a guy that was in their NHL lineup next year. Yeah, can we can we talk about something? Can we just talk about the symmetry behind Alexi Lafreniere? Just like how perfectly perfect. put everything is. I have this one. That was professionally done. No, no, for that sure. That was no, professionally okay. done. <laughs> okay, let me let me just let me read out this order t- to everybody um, that's listening. I'm just gonna pull it up on Twitter, and or do you want to read it out while I get the Rangers lineup and we'll discuss that? Yeah. So. Um... So, aside from what we already knew, the Rangers are picking first. The Wild are picking ninth. Winnipeg, 10th. Nashville, 11th. Shoot, it just popped off my screen. Uh, Carolina's 13th. Um, who's 14th? Is Florida? Was it Florida? Oh, no, Florida's 12th. Florida was 12th. Uh, Carolina. 
13. Minnesota was 15 with Pittsburgh, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Minnesota probably has two. Hold on. I'll see if I can find it. Yeah. Um, wow. Here we go. Uh, and I just this lost is, this I is hate Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> There's some content coming out of this, too. This is some good content. <laughs> I got to put this on the screen. Yeah, so here we go. Um, so the order from first to oh, dude, you my bad you enlarged my screen. You screwed me up. <laughs> so we got the Rangers first, the Kings second, Ottawa with San Jose's pick at number three, Detroit at four, Ottawa with Ottawa's pick at number five, Anaheim at six, New Jersey at seven, Buffalo at eight, Minnesota at nine, Winnipeg at ten, Nashville at eleven. Florida at 12, Carolina via Toronto at 13, Edmonton at 14, and Pittsburgh at 15. I think what I love about this is that the teams that stand to gain the most, undeservedly so, all go to the bottom of the top 15 draft order. Edmonton, Pittsburgh, and Toronto gets nothing. I love it. Nada. I love it. Nada. Like, I'm, okay. I'm okay with the Rangers getting that first overall pick. Like that's, that's something that would happen in a lottery. They, you know, they didn't win a playoff game. They got into the qualifying round. They got stomped by a more experienced team than them. And they got the first overall pick out of it. All this right. is how lottery – this is Conspiracy how the lottery is supposed fact. to work. Conspiracy <laughs> brand okay? Let's talk about this for a second. The Rangers – why did the Rangers start Lundqvist in both of those first two games? Was – Sturkin was hurt. <laughs> was Igor Sturkin hurt? Or did NHL send them a memo saying – the first overall pick is on the line here. Take the hat off. That's just – I don't know. I'm just throwing that out. Conspiracy Brandon's uh, a little wild today. I don't know. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a Let- lot of things here that are working out really well for the NHL, I got to say. Now, I believe in coincidences too. And I believe it's just a coincidence. But at the same time, if you look at the odds of all this happening perfectly, the odds were – much higher than not that one in Nashville, Pittsburgh, Edmonton, Toronto, Pittsburgh, uh, these teams would have won. They haven't. So I think, I don't think it's rigged. Um, I know we're kidding around about it. I don't think it's rigged. I just think, um, I think there's some questions that need to be answered. That's all. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Apparently like he dropped, the guy dropped the ball kind of early. Oh no, no, uh, no. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, there's so there's some there's some skeptical hippo eyes going on Twitter right now. <laughs> but I mean people want to now watch the Rangers. Everything, though. Like let's keep yeah, it on. Yeah. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna be satisfied. Like we'd probably be saying the same thing if Ottawa lost the lottery. Yeah. Um We got I got it on the screen right here, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Just so wow, people that's so big. Four, yeah, so 14 Edmonton, 13 Carolina from Toronto, 12 Florida, 11 Nashville, 10 Winnie, Winnipeg, sorry, 9 Mini, 8 Buffalo, 7 New Jersey, 6 Anaheim, 5 your Senators, 4th Detroit, 3rd your Ottawa Senators from San Jose, 2nd from the LA Kings, and then the first overall pick goes to the New York Rangers. Wow. Mm-hmm. What content from this stream? I, wow. Yeah. This podcast is going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. Take the wheel for a sec. I got to go answer my door. Yeah, I gotcha. All right, y'all. I'm going to answer some questions here. Let's take a look at that. <clears throat> All right. Sorry to headphones users for that. 
Uh, Noah Luden, the moderator and chief editor of the Best of Seven podcast. Brian Burke, what a king. He hates a lottery like we do. Yep. Mythop40, hello. How are you doing? Saif Ali Khan, hey, how are you doing? The Rangers won, I know. Panarin, Zibby, Kako, Lafreniere, it's insane. Um, Flying Nimbus. Just glad it didn't end up in the standards division. Yep, yep. Alex Thompson, anyone but Toronto? Yep. When you said hockey, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Pardon me. Um, Danny LP. You can't have balls if not everyone has the same odds. Everyone has the same odds, though, so it was okay. Because it was all 12.5, 1 out of 8 chance. Um... I'm at a loss of word here, guys. I'm trying my best. I'm doing my very best. Um, this is thank God you're back. I I'm at a loss of words. I can't speak. <laughs> I don't know what to say. The Rangers are looking really nice with it. It's, you know what? I I think for me, I'm a I'm a diehard Sens fan. Obviously, always have been, but. I've grown over the past year or so to kind of look at the sport as a whole through a more analytical kind of lens and just appreciate the game, especially now that we just got it back after all this COVID nonsense. Uh, Like this is great for the game of hockey. I just tweeted it. This is great for the NHL, Alexi Lafreniere and the New York Rangers. At the end of the day, you have the biggest superstar uh, the biggest superstar prospect and conservatively the last five years going to one of the biggest and best markets in the league. This is great. This is phenomenal. Like it almost would have been good for him to go to Montreal for that sense. Don't. You no, know. no, no. You're right. <laughs> but, you're right though. You're right. Yeah, the jersey sales, yeah. Let's just say that the Jersey sales in Quebec, if Lafreniere won and went to Montreal, would have went through the roofs, would have went through the roof. Let's just keep it. I'm. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Yeah, man. Like right. it's. This is so good. Like you know, like the Rangers are one of my favorite teams to watch. They've always have been because their fans are amazing. Their jerseys are the cleanest. Like that's probably my favorite jersey in the Very NHL. Clean. That that blue Rangers jersey. Oh, it's gorgeous. That's what a hockey jersey should be. You know, you talk about Madison Square Garden. Um, <laughs> some of the most passionate fans in the league. It's hard stable, not to like the Rangers. A stable organization. Yes, too. yes, yes. Very important. Like, it, there, there hasn't been any real nonsense come out of that organization. I keep harping on it. Jeff Gordon is a wizard. He's a wizard. He's one of the absolute best minds in <laughs> hockey. And now he gets to play with Alexi Lafreniere, Artemi Panarin. Oh, my God. I'm excited to watch this Rangers team. What I want to mention to everyone listening on the internal budget and on the stream is from David Pagnota, the Penguins now have seven days to decide if they want to keep the pick at 15th overall or flip it to Minnesota. If they keep it, the Wild get Pittsburgh's 2021 first-round pick. So that's uh, – I don't know what trade happened for that. I forget. But if anyone was listening, if I'm, was wondering – If I'm Pittsburgh, if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm keeping it. Like this is this is such a deep draft. Yeah. Like, uh, and Jarvis there – you know, yeah. Jarvis. And you're and you're a team like the Penguins who needs instant relief, right? So, yeah. you know, like, is Pittsburgh going to be worse than they were – worse this year than they were next year? I mean, maybe, but – You're an hitting tree, certainly thinks so. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to him the other day. He 
He is mad. He's not happy. <laughs> I watched that video twice when it came out. <laughs> it was I was texting great. him. I was texting him on my way to get my puppy, which, by the way, the best sub podcast next week you'll see the dog, or on Sense Talk you'll see the puppy. It's the cutest thing. Brady's the name. Mm-hmm. I was texting him. He oh, he was livid, like livid, because I was <laughs> I was getting the dog when the game was going down, so I missed it. Yeah. But oh, I, I watched it. <laughs> but I saw Twitter, don't worry, and everyone was going insane. Now, to switch gears, let's keep it on track with the Rangers. Let's look at for their sure. lineup. So I'm going to pull mm-hmm. it up for y'all. Where is it? Hold on. I just got to go there. Okay, one second. You know, YouTube doesn't do me any favors here. There we go. Okay. And, and, one, and, and meanwhile, while you're pulling that up, one guy we haven't talked about a lot is Capo Caco. Yeah, you know, like yeah. like like that kid. I you know I know him and Hughes didn't quite live up to the expectations in their first year, but that kid's gonna be a stud. He's so skilled. His hockey sense is so good. He's strong, and he's gonna get bigger and stronger. You've got a good leader in Chris Kreider, yeah. Brendan Lemieux, Tony D'Angelo. They're guys that pissed everybody off, but they're talented as hell. D'Angelo, especially if they bring him back, which I, I'm inclined to think they will. Uh, he's one of the better offensive-minded defensemen in the league. Again, only going to get better. Uh, so, like, this, this, there's a good core in place here that you're adding Alexi Lafreniere to. I think we also got to look at the resurgence of Ryan Strom's career, where last year, two years ago, was a breakout year. Last year, mm-hmm. uh, well, this season, I guess, <clears throat> Ryan Strom continued that hot trend of producing, and now he's going to be with Kreider and Kako. That second line's going to look pretty good. As you can see on the screen here, it's going to be a top so. 15 line. Then that first line. Can we look at that first line? That's without Alexi oh. Lafreniere. <clears throat> look at that. That's a top two line already. A top two top line in the National Hockey League by ratings on dailyfaceoff.com. Panera, number four, left wing. <clears throat> Zabanja, number three, center. Pavel Buzhnevich, number 44, right winger. Insert... Um, Lafreniere to this top six, the Kreider, four, number 14 left winger. They have two of the top 15 left wingers, and they're adding Lafreniere. And, you know, you, we talked about that, that super line that the Leafs were running with in their series in Colum- against Columbus. How about Panarin, Zabanajad, and Lafreniere? I'll That's take that disgusting. one over there. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah. But even if you want to play Lafreniere on the second line, you can put him with, you know, like Kreider or Kako, and you've still got a, a, a group that on most other teams is a top line. So there's no losing this for the Rangers. And we didn't talk about Jacob Truba, who's nope. a huge acquisition in the offseason. He was huge for them. He was really good in the playoffs. And a guy who hasn't been called up yet in Andre Miller. Like, Yeah, and he was drafted the first round a couple of years ago. Yeah, who's going to stop this team? <laughs> you know, Ottawa Sanders, like, they're going to stop this team. I think Ottawa could, just based purely on prospect pool. I think I think they're at different points of the rebuild. You know, Ottawa is at a point where they don't quite have a jab. They're about to add Lafreniere to this mix. Uh, do they probably need some more foundational guys? Yeah. Like, I like you know, is Brett Howden, Greg McKegg, you know, even Heedle, like are those guys going to be around for the long haul? We'll see. But, you know, like for me, man, I'm, if I'm a Rangers fan right now, I'm obviously really happy, but I'm also really confident. What the Rangers need to do, though, is add on to that decor. Adam Fox, yep. Noah Luden, in the chat, I think, will say this. 
and I've been telling him this for years, not years, for like the last couple of years, okay? <laughs> Adam Fox is so, so underrated. Like, incredibly underrated, okay? Mm-hmm. He should have been considered for the Calder this year if it wasn't for the incredible amount of talent with Kubalik, Makar, and Quinn Hughes. I get it. Of course, he's yeah. not better than all three. They Kubalik had a 30-goal season. Quinn Hughes is generational. Kale Makar is unstoppable. I get it. But Adam Fox... He should not be forgotten like he is, especially playing in Broadway in New York. Now, Ryan Lindgren coming in from Boston. I think he didn't have a terrible – he didn't have a terrible uh, season. He's unproven. No. But then you have Jacob Truba, Anthony De, uh, Tony D'Angelo, where, you know, he got walked around by Sebastian Ajo in that game three. But I think D'Angelo yeah. is an NHL player, and he could definitely be a top-four guy if developed properly and – Anyone listening or watching this, regardless of his opinions or views, he is a serviceable player. All right, and Man, at the end of the day, I, that's... I had him on my, fa- I had him on my fantasy team this year. I can tell you, he was more than serviceable. He was very good. And he was he very is, good this year. He gets, he gets a lot of flack on the internet, but and right and rightfully so. Yeah, but on yeah, the ice, like, you know, yeah, yeah. No, on the ice, he's he's one of the better that's young defensemen in the league for sure. And you talked about. Fox in that conversation with Hughes and McCarr. Uh, and I know he didn't get the Calder consideration. Oh, he probably got consideration, but he didn't get the nomination. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but does he, yeah, yeah. But does he deserve to be in that conversation? For sure. For sure Absolutely. He's, yeah. he's definitely in that category with those young defenders like McCarr and Shabbat and Hughes, like, like Fox is a nice player. And Keandre Miller is projecting to be a, a solid top four option as well. So that blue line is going to take care of itself. What I'm curious about now is whether or not the Rangers will make a significant push for the playoffs this year. I think they will. But what do you do now in the offseason? Do you target a defenseman? Do you, do you wait for one of your young kids to take the step? Like, like, I'm not sure. They have needs to be addressed. Mark Stahl is probably at, you know in the twilight of his career. Uh, he's not going to be a serviceable, serviceable option for much longer. Brendan Smith was much maligned during, his, during the, the qualifying round against the Hurricanes. So what do they do? Do they, do they, you know, do they try to address it in the offseason or do they wait for those young kids to take the step? Like, I'm inclined to believe they're going to sign at least one guy in the summer or make a trade somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, like, yeah. like and up, that's the thing. Up, and, and look you, out. Look out for the Rangers this offseason. They're going to make some moves. I completely agree with that. Yeah, and that's the great thing. And, uh, you know, you've got Panarin locked up long-term. You know Zibanejad's likely going to be around for the long haul. And you've got three years of Alexi Lafreniere on an entry-level deal. Right? So. Since Chirp just tweeted something, a GIF, and he said, why does the ball enter the tube from the side instead of the opening at the bottom? I'm going to play I this for the YouTube viewers. And everyone everyone listening on internal budget, I definitely recommend going to send Chirp and checking this GIF out because I don't know. I'm not – tinfoil hat Brandon's not here, but let's just watch this and I'll see what the comment, says, comment section says themselves. Yeah. <clears throat> Once again, I don't think this was rigged, but there are a lot of convenient uh, uh, outcomes for oh. that. He dropped, he dropped the Rangers ball in the tube and picked it up again and put it back in. Wait, what? where do you see that? Uh, Mike Stewart on Twitter 
Um, Greg Wyshynski just retweeted. Greg Wyshynski just retweeted it. Wyshynski. Thank you. He's a great follow, by the way, Greg. He's fantastic. Why? No, what is no, up with that? No, 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 no. Hold up. Oh, oh it's okay. because he didn't show it to the camera first. Because they needed the shot for the camera. Hold up. Okay, hold up. Okay. Let's be investigative journalists here. Let's 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 sift through this all this BS for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna put this on the screen for everyone to watch. <clears throat> but I don't know. I don't know, this man. Is weird, man. This is this is this went from like I was joking for everyone listening. I was joking at the beginning. Um, you know, yeah. I was just playing a gag, but now I'm very skeptical. I'm now I'm now I'm wondering what is going on. Um, yeah, like let, let's let me play it and then we'll continue, sure. right? Mm-hmm. All right. By the way, for YouTube purposes, move the hand so the algorithm doesn't ban my channel. All rights go to the NHL. NHL, NBC, Sportsman, I own no rights. This is just for commentary reasons. All right. Sorry I have to do that, but YouTube, <laughs> but YouTube messes me up like that. So, yeah, he drops it and look, and then he picks it back up because he realizes he didn't show it to the camera. That's weird. Like, but that just happens to be the one that won. Like, like that was the winning ball. But I he, mean, is it an honest mistake? Probably. Probably it's just an honest mistake and they needed the shot for the broadcast. Most definitely. But, but come on. Like, of course, this would happen too. They're like, we're being totally transparent. We're putting, we're, Jesus. Like, what are the odds? Oh, only the NHL. Only the NHL. God, I love it, but say, only the NHL. What I will say is <clears throat> we went from funny laughter to an honest debate where is this actually rigged <clears throat> now i don't uh, think it is no me I neither think, no. i think i want to say i don't want to mess up here i i think the national hockey league is a league like all others that doesn't that wants to be as fair as possible for its teams that being yep. said that being said this whole process has been very sketchy and i think we all can agree on that <clears throat> I just got a question sent in to me asking uh, if the Rangers have the cap room to go after Tory Krug in the offseason, which is a really interesting idea, and it's something they should consider. But Tory they Krug? are tight against the cap right now. Tory Krug, but well, it doesn't look like the Bruins are going to be able to re-sign him, right? Yeah. So, so, here, so here's the thing. Boss, uh, the Rangers have a good amount of guys – that are set to come off the books, that's going to free up a ton of cap room for them. Henrik Lundqvist, Mark Stahl, and Brendan Smith. But they don't come off the cap until 2021. So if the, Rangers, if the Rangers are going to make a move off this offseason to go after Tory Krug, they're somehow going to have to dump that money. Maybe Lundqvist retires. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe. Mark Stahl... You know, maybe they try to bite the bullet and buy out one of Smith or Stahl or use a pick to kind of, you know, to trade them to somebody. But I think that's, for me, like, that's an option you got to look at if you're the Rangers. 
you know, I, like, I, like Tory <clears throat> Krug. Imagine to adding Tory Krug to that blue line. That is bananas. Let's let's talk about this as Sens fans for a second. Where, yeah, we're talking about the Rangers who are sca- uh, who are very tight to the cap, especially with a cap that's not going to rise for the next five years or so. Ottawa's in a unique position where not only do they have like one or two players tied up for the next two years, they also got like twenty-five, thirty million dollars worth of cap space. Can you see the Ottawa uh-huh. Sanders potentially helping out the Rangers? I could. And let's and let's let's think about it this way. The Rangers have two picks in the first round and uh they have Oh, sorry. Hold on. I'm reading the condition on this pick. So they have one of Carolina's conditional picks. So really? so the the Carolina's the 13th pick that the Hurricanes have is Toronto's. Yes. But uh the Hurricanes have their own. Uh so the Rangers will receive the lower uh, so whichever, wherever Carolina ends up picking, the Rangers will have another pick. The Rangers don't have a second round pick, but they have two in the third round and three in the seventh. So, and in next year they have a third, two in the third and two in the fourth, one of which in the fourth is Ottawa's. So if you're the senators, you, you want picks this draft. Yes. Uh, so, but you already have a lot of them. So if you're Ottawa, do you try to get a pick one of this year's picks from the Rangers do you take a third rounder from Dallas or the Rangers to take on Mark Stahl's contract? I'm probably doing that. Well, let's, uh, I'll, I'll pull I, it up right now. I'll pull it up right yeah. now, the, what Ottawa has for um, draft capital. I believe, because, yeah. They ha- I, yeah, I got the Rangers here. Ottawa has, I think, what is it, like seven in through the first? Yeah, it's yeah. seven through the first two rounds and nine through the first three rounds. It's insane. Yeah. Like, like – and you're, they're not going to keep all those picks, you know. You know, you know, they're not going to use all of them. So some of those will be traded. I think. But, I, th- hmm. I think. Sorry to interrupt, but I think even if you look. Oh, at, go ahead, man. I think even if you look at that Islanders pick, which is probably going to be probably in the twenty range now, because the Islanders, I think, are uh, a team that might make some noise because of their defensive scheme and good goaltending. Yep. I'm not saying they're going to advance. I'm saying they're going to have a shot. So I think that pick is not going to be in the top it's not going to be a teen pick late teen i think it's gonna be in the 20s so i think ottawa 20s probably yeah yeah so i think ottawa i think ottawa is really really going to look at trading that one maybe one or two second round picks for a solid defenseman if they don't take drysdale or a really really good center or winger if they don't get byfield or such slow i think that third first round pick i don't think ottawa's going to select anything with it i think that pick is going to be used to further the rebuild because unparalleled success for the next five years. Uh, we are on August 10th, 2020, and um, he, uh, Melnick said 2021. So we're a year away, and I think um, I think we all know what happens in a few years when all the contracts are up. So I think the time is now uh, for the Ottawa Senators, yeah. especially with the, the budget situation. I think uh, I completely agree. I think Ottawa is a team that is very flexible and has the resources – in draft capital, anyways, not in money, but in draft capital to make a splash. Yeah, that's 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 for damn sure. I think for me, it's definitely something. Like, look at the huge mistake Ottawa made by not attempting to take on Patrick Marlowe's contract. The Hurricanes did it for a first round pick, and they ended up getting the thirteenth overall pick. Now, maybe it was a situation where Marlowe, you know, they're trying to send him to a contender and and you know whatnot, but. Eh, you know, like, like for me, Ottawa has to take advantage of their final financial situation. Yeah. They're going to be a team that needs to hit the floor 
they're closer to having to hit the floor more than they're having, you know, than they're bumping up against the cap. So yeah, I, Ottawa's got to do that. I think um, now stone or sorry, stall and Smith both, oh, have, both have no trade. Stone, man. Come on. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about stone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway, stall sorry. and Smith both, both have no trades. So are they going to want to go to Ottawa for like the last year of their career? Probably why not. Would you? you know, a beautiful city. No, why would you want to come here? Yeah, no. Organization. You know, neither ne- neither of those guys have won a cup, if I'm not mistaken. I know Stahl hasn't. I don't think Smith has either. We're talking about so, Mark Stahl, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. He no, he's been a career ranger. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So for me, are either of those guys going to want to come to Ottawa? Probably not. So it would be a good opportunity for Ottawa to kick tires on, but I don't see it happening that way. And that's just. You know, and and again, it's not the worst thing in the world. Ottawa has a good amount of picks either way. They should be using those picks to try to take on assets, like you said. They should be looking for a good right-handed defenseman with those picks. Yeah. Uh, they should be looking for maybe another middle six winger with those picks. Yeah. Uh, so so that's so that's kind of where Ottawa is. Like the wings uh, in Ottawa's prospect system aren't amazing. Like you've got Kachuk and you've got Batherson, who both project to be at the very worst top six guys. Formanton looks great. But you've, you've got to use those picks to gain assets. I just don't know if the Rangers are the right match. You know what I mean? No, I completely, I completely agree with that. And I think when you look at the Ottawa Senators you're, you're, and the New York Rangers and really just all the teams that are in cap hell, you look at what COVID-19 has done to these teams in 2020 where they're all screwed. Now, unfortunately, Ottawa is in a position where they should take advantage, where they should be that team that takes all that dead cap like John Chica did with the Arizona Coyotes. Like you just said, and like I think we all can agree here, that is very unlikely to happen. Now, what I'm wondering is, to everyone listening to this, I want to switch the subject for a sec, okay? Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely, man. Fire away. So – we spoke about this in the beginning. I don't want to speak about it again. Last night, the Leafs and Columbus, because I know this is going to be put onto internal budget, and I think we should really have a conversation about that uh, before the, 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 um, we finish the stream. Because I think, I think that game really shows the issues with Toronto and the way they've really tried to ramp the speed up their rebuild. They were on the right track in 2017 with Matthews. And then they got yeah. cheeky in 2018 with Washington, losing in six games. And then they threw a lot of money, and now they got no money. So I'm going to let you fire away because this is your this is going to be your podcast. Well, I I don't want to call what the Leafs have a failure because it's not. The Leafs have built probably one of if not the best overall forward group in terms of skill in the league like when have we ever seen a team that can bolster the talent of Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Tavares like it's ridiculous how much talent oh, wow. they have up front so any so anything that sh- any group that builds that core up in their in their forward group should be applauded but the defense needs to be addressed yes and you know, as much as we like to rag on the Leafs, and trust me, I like to rag on the Leafs. It's been a fun 24 hours or so for me. So much fun on Twitter right now. Yeah. But 
the Leafs are closer to winning a cup than they are not winning a cup. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the reality. All it's going to take is adding two defensemen, and they're going to be okay. Now, are they going to have to move a Kapanen or a Janssen to probably make that a reality? Yeah. But picture, picture this. Let's say they trade a Kapanen or, and or a Janssen, maybe a pick, maybe a prospect, and they get in a third or fourth defenseman. Then they sign Dylan DeMello, who will probably come pretty cheap in the offseason. Yeah. Your top, you, you, you now have a top three defense uh, core of Morgan Riley, DeMello, and another unnamed defender. Let's just throw Dermot's name in there. Mu- and, yeah, yeah. And Muzzin, too. Muzzin will be healthy. Yeah. So now that's your top four. Not bad. And you've got, and you've got Sandine coming in. You've got Lilligren coming in. That's a good-looking group. Yeah. Uh, is goaltending a question mark? I don't think so. I think Freddie Anderson's overworked, and I think they need a yeah. backup to lighten his load. But the Leafs are going to be okay. If they can get out of this current little cap crunch, which they can do, like CeCe's coming off the books, Barry's coming off the books, they'll move uh, oh, Captain Harry Johnson. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not write the ship yet. <laughs> CeCe had a fantastic season, and I think CeCe should return to Toronto on a max contract. I don't I think we're not a chance. <laughs> I think we all do, but yeah, but like you know, keeping that in mind, they're looking okay. Yeah, they you are. know, and they and let's they bring they let's say they bring Spezza back for cheap, and they've still got Kerfoot. You still got a really good center group with Matthews, Tavares, Kerfoot, and Spezza. Now you've got a decent blue line. You still maintained all that forward skill by hanging on to Nylander, Marner, Tavares, and Matthews. That's a Leafs team that is probably exponentially better than they were this year. So I think last year they were in a bit of a pickle when it came to the offseason. I think now they have more of an opportunity. Because last year they had to bite the bullets, unload Zaitsev, and they took on CeCe. They don't have to unload – they don't have to bite any bullets to unload anybody. Barry's done. CeCe's done. They can just let those guys walk. Yep. You know? So the Leafs are going to be okay. Um Will they win in the playoffs? Who knows? We've seen plenty of teams that were built to win that didn't win. Yeah. Uh, Ottawa. Maybe the – yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe the Leafs are that group. Yeah. But I, but I think – and Sense Twitter is going to choke me for this. But I, I, think, I think they're closer to winning a cup than they are not winning a cup. I, I don't think they make any kind of rash decisions based on a five-game loss to Columbus where Columbus got insane goaltending. The Leafs were shooting less than 2%. Yeah. In the series. No, no, I agree. When does that ever when does that ever happen? Especially a team with that level of talent. I'm well, not saying it was a fluke. Columbus played well, they were well coached, and they got great goaltending. But you know, that series could have gone either way. You no, know, you know what I think? I think I think that the fact that Toronto had such a difficult time scoring in the series shows the mistake of signing John Tavares. And now let me rephrase that where John Tavares is a fantastic player. He's an incredible talent and he's a great player for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That money should have went to a puck moving defenseman because there is no defenseman. Even Morgan Riley had trouble breaking that neutral zone trap in John Torrella's system. This series completely shows the lack of my my phone just went off for Siri. Stupid phone. This stupid phone. This series completely shows that the Leafs Need a puck mover on that blue line. Morgan Riley's a hell of a talent, but he's alone. Who else is there to move the puck? If you have all these forwards breaking out, the odds of them 
going end-to-end every single play, every single game, and scoring a goal every single day in a playoff series, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. You need those puck movers on the blue line to get you that puck. That Austin Matthews pass to Morgan Riley, they need more of that. They need way more of that. So if I'm Toronto, if I'm a Maple Leaf fan, you need a puck mover and you need him now. I think, yeah, I think you need a puck mover in the sense that you need a guy who can complete a breakout. Yeah. Or start a breakout, I should say. Like, they don't need another dynamite offensive guy because they have Riley, who's phenomenal. Yes, And they have Sandine, who projects to be an upper-tier offensive defenseman. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they need a guy – they need a good two-way guy. They need a Dylan DeMello, you know. Like, they've had a lot of looks at Dylan DeMello. I wouldn't be shocked if the Leafs uh, go after DeMello in the offseason. It's cheap. You know, maybe – Maybe yeah, he should come pretty cheap. Maybe he'll re up with Winnipeg, but I wouldn't be shocked to see the Leafs take a run at him. So for me, I, I think they're closer than we appear. I don't think they blow it up because of because of this. Tavares played well. Matthews played well. Marner tried to do too much, but he still played pretty well. Nylander played pretty well. Like sometimes you just get goalied. You know, they goalied are they a flaw? Yeah, they, they are they a flaw? Yeah. Are they a flawed roster? For sure. For sure they're flawed. They have major defensive holes that need to be addressed. They have a major hole in net that needs to be addressed. The hole being the backup, not being, not Freddie Anderson. But they're close. Uh, Am I going to relish watching them lose in the playoffs in the next few years? Yes, I am. I'm not ashamed to admit that. Exactly. You know, we're Sens fans at heart. So so it's going to be fun to watch that. But I, I think they're going to be okay. I, I really do. Are they going to win a cup? I don't know. Like, it's going to be hard with this financial situation yes. that they've got themselves in. But what were they supposed to do? Were they, you know, they, they had to lock all those guys down. Like, that's, that's the heart and soul of their team. You have all the skill in the league, and, you don't want, and you're going to let one of those guys walk? Or you're going to trade one of those guys? No, I, will, I, I wouldn't have. I probably would have. Sorry, go ahead. What I, what I will say for Toronto – and sorry, I don't. I hate cutting you off. It's just because of lag and stuff. You know? Yeah, you're good, man. You're good. You're that's good. that's yeah, 2020 yeah. for you. I mm. think, I think what this is gonna do, this is make or break for Kyle Dubas. Is his job on the line? No, but he went in as a general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs as the hottest general manager prospect we've probably ever seen. Now, does it help that TSN Toronto Sports Network likes to pump? And Ooh, pump and pump the on. tires on the Maple Leafs. Is it the fact that Sportsnet or Leafsnet likes to pump the tires on Leafs? Yes. And I love both networks. I love Darren Drager. I love all these guys. But let me just keep it real with you. They really like to talk about the Maple Leafs and like to overhype them, in my opinion. That being said, I think Kyle Dubas is a great general manager. Look what he did with the Sioux, with the Greyhounds. Look what he did in the AHL, the Marlies. And like you just said, I don't see why he can't get himself out of this situation. He's a great general manager. And I think the Leafs are going to be okay. But there's a good chance they can get really screwed over. This, se- this offseason is huge. Yeah, and people, people got to remember, like, there are people calling to fire Dubis and fire Keith. Keith's had 50, what was it, 52 regular season games, something like that. Um, Dubis has had two years. Yeah, You know, that's not enough to evaluate a guy on. I think next year is where you start looking at making some organizational changes. But mm-hmm. for right now, the Leafs, it sucks. It sucks what happened to them. Like, for those fans, like, it sucks. I love it, but it sucks for them. 
And but the but the thing you got to do from an organizational perspective is you just got to take it on the chin. You yeah. just got to roll with it for now, and you got to let it motivate you for next year. You got to quietly build up that blue line with cheap, effective guys. Like we know, Dubis is an analytics darling. He can't be chasing anyone that's you know got an eight million dollar cap hit. He's got to be chasing guys that he can get on lower income deals or expiring deals. Or, and put something together. That's why I think DeMello's perfect. DeMello's a guy they should target. Dylan so, DeMello, yeah. yeah. So, the, so they're going to be okay, man. I, I really believe that. I do want to say one thing for everyone listening and watching this. The Leafsnet thing and the Toronto Sportsnet thing, it's a joke. I'm obviously not ridic- – <laughs> it's obviously a joke. I ob- I'm, I'm going into journalism. I'm going to work for one of the two companies. It's a joke. So before anyone tries to get at me, especially one day when I'm in the, on one of the two medias, just keep in mind, it's just a joke. I hope you guys understand that. I just wanted to put that out there. Because we have you know, fun. We have fun. Like We're just having fun, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a <laughs> – but, yeah, man, like, I, I, the whole complexion of the Eastern Conference just changed. Yeah. Like, like, you know, we've we're, we're already been over for an hour, so I don't want to, you know, go, go for way, way too much longer. Yeah. Everybody's going to be like, why the hell are these guys on the air for four hours? But, uh, but yeah, like, for me – the Rangers just became a team that within a year or two is going to be a competitor. Yeah. Like do, does a Rangers team that also boasts Alexi Lafreniere lose to the hurricanes in the first round? Maybe not. Right. So, so that's, so that's, so that's where I'm at. I think, I think this is great for the NHL. It's, but it's not only great because Lafreniere is going to a great market with a great fan base, but it's great for the NHL that he's not going to Edmonton. He's not going to Pittsburgh. And he's not going to Toronto because that would have been disastrous from an optics perspective, but also for Lafreniere because those are three markets where he probably isn't going to have as much of a chance to flourish as he is with the with the Rangers. So, I think for 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 from a hockey fan perspective, I love it. From a Sens fan fan perspective, I like it, but it makes me a little nervous. And you know, from the NHL perspective, I I think this is a slam dunk. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's perfectly put. And on top of that. You look at the Rangers, I, I think a well-built and a well-mannered and a well-fit organization is so critical to success. Look at the Toronto Raptors. Everything they've been doing lately has been great. Masai Ujiri has really turned around the team. They're on top of the ball for everything. They're a top-class organization. And that goes a long, long way for your players, not only one the state in your organization, but the organization itself having a chance, a legitimate chance at winning a championship. I think the Rangers have that. They got the money and they got the fan base. At the end of the day, lights, camera, action. Alex C. Lafreniere, get ready. But I think he is ready. I think, he's gonna be, I think this is just great. I think so too. And man, I think that's a perfect spot to wrap it up. Dude, I this, agree. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, we got to do this kind of thing more often, bro. I love doing this crossover stuff. It's going to sure. be great for the channel. It's going to be great for the podcast. Yep. I'm excited to get this one up as episode 30. Uh, welcome wow, back. What a mind blowing live stream this has been, man. Yeah, we're definitely, uh, definitely going to tweet out some clips. So at Sinsuck underscore, but um, you know, uh, you're welcome back anytime. I'd love to have you on. I was thinking uh, to have you on maybe to watch some hockey um, first, second round, whatever. We'll have to talk about that. I'll text you. But yeah, once again, for thank sure, you man. once again for, uh, you know, um, uh, having me on the podcast for the third time now. And it's, I think it's, I think it's time that we have you back on the best seven podcast. So 
to everyone watching and listening to this, stay tuned for that. Uh, next couple episodes, we need to have Brendan Mackey on. We need to break down this whole draft lottery, the first round, and just the stream in general. Brandon's absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining the show, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you, my brother. All right. Everyone that was watching and everyone that's here on the stream right now, thank you so much for the support. So, Brandon, before we log off, tell everyone where they can find your stuff. Find me at Brandon Mackey underscore Mackey like sushi, M-A-K-I. Uh, Silver7sends.com is where you can check out the writing. Internal Budget's the name of the podcast. All the social medias. Uh, well, Twitter's at Internal Budget. Instagram is Internal Budget Podcast because some random dead account has Internal Budget. Don't know why, but that's my luck. That's the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, check me out on all those places. Same thing with me for Twitter. As Sense Talk is taking. I know. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> And for everyone watching this, the best seven podcasts is where you can find me every single week. And for and for majority of the time, I'll be here on the channel, Sendstock, at Sendstock underscore on Twitter. Brandon Mackey, it's been a pleasure. We'll see y'all very soon. Stay tuned next week for a great episode of the best seven podcast. If you haven't checked it out already, check out episode number 17 of the best seven or 18 episode of the best of seven podcast where we had sean burke nhl legend on the show thank you all for watching and joining and we'll see you in the next one remember a lot of jokes in this video take everything with a grain of salt and we'll catch you in the next one appreciate it and see you later have a good one and wear a mask Ooh.